98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines, Chinese university researchers say they've developed a system for predicting in real time how COVID vaccines will work against new variants. A patient's rights campaigner urges caution in cutting non-urgent hospital services as more coronavirus patients are admitted and extremely hot weather in parts of the mainland put lives at risk. Researchers at the Chinese University say they've developed the first ever real-time platform to predict how well particular COVID vaccines will work against emerging variants. The platform feeds virus sequencing data through an algorithm which tells scientists how effective a vaccine is likely to be against a specific variant of COVID. It's hoped the platform will help vaccine designers as well as policymakers. Benny Z is a professor in the Faculty of Medicine and director of the Office of Research and Knowledge Transfer Services. We could actually use this information to start preparing. We can put it in the algorithm and start evaluating which existing vaccine is the most effective in terms of dealing with this new mutated virus or subtype. We can also use this new information and start to find the most effective antigen in the vaccine to develop such a vaccine and start the process in terms of safety evaluation. The patient's concern group says hundreds of people could be affected each day if the hospital authority cuts back on non-emergency services. The authority has warned that services might be adjusted as more COVID patients are admitted. Alex Lam from Hong Kong Patients Voices told RTHK that he hoped services could be reduced gradually rather than stopped overnight. He called on the authorities to reopen designated facilities for COVID patients. With a figure of 3,000 daily, it's really a concern because even two years ago, we don't have this figure, but we suspended most of the services in, in HA. So now we have this number of people admitted to hospital. We have to think about whether we should reopen certain designated places for putting these people for receiving the service, including those near the border in Tingyi or other places, Lantau, say, for example, to house these patients. A property developer says water taxis could link the former Kai Tak runway with areas such as Central Wan Cheyenne Sim Tim Sha Choi. Speaking on a radio program, Stuart Leung of Wheelock Properties and the Real Estate Developers Association said that the idea was being discussed with the government as officials prepare a new transport network plan for the area. He said he expected the plan to be revealed soon. Mr. Leung said that the discussion also involved the idea of a moving pedestrian walkway, adding that officials had found the ideas to be feasible. Flooding and extreme high temperatures have caused deaths in eastern China as summer heat descended earlier than usual. Vicky Wong reports. Record high temperatures have been reported in Zhejiang province just to the east of Shanghai, topping out above 42 degrees Celsius on Wednesday. The neighboring coastal provinces of Jiangsu and Fujian were also suffering under high heat, while Henan, Sichuan and Heilongjiang saw many hospitalized for heat stroke. The hot spell of the past month has been described by Chinese weather watchers as widespread, prolonged and extreme. And due to higher demand for air conditioning, the load on the power grids of seven provinces and regions has hit a record high, according to state media. The hashtag heatstroke was trending on social media with 2.45 million views on Weibo, where there were discussions ranging from people being admitted to hospital to the detrimental effects of long-term heat exposure. Floods have meanwhile struck much of the country with three people reported killed and five missing in Sichuan's Pingwu County as of midday on Wednesday.
One person was reported dead and eight missing in Heilongjiang in the northeast. More than 2,000 firefighters in Portugal are battling dozens of blazes as temperatures broke records in various parts of the country. The Prime Minister, Antonio Costa, tweeted that Portugal was approaching a period of maximum fire risk on many fronts. Andre Fernandez, Portugal's civil protection commander, said the extreme heat was making the situation even more difficult. They are developing in a urban forest area. So some of the houses and some of the population exposed to the fire themselves. But I can say that we have fires that are already active for five days already. 80% of the country is on a severe or extreme drought. And now we have extreme weather conditions. So even if it decreases a little bit, we have to stay on guard. I would like to transmit a message of trust and calm, because until now, we don't have yet fatalities. A nighttime curfew was in effect in Sri Lanka, where protesters have seized control of the offices of the Prime Minister, Ranil Wickramanasinghe. A deadline for the President, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, to resign has expired. He fled abroad to the Maldives in the face of massive anti-government protests. Earlier, he named Mr. Wickramanasinghe as acting president during his absence. Bhavani Fonseca is an activist in Colombo. These are very uncertain times in Sri Lanka. So what's essential is to ensure the law and order situation is under control and we have political stability. And these are big questions as we enter Thursday and await this resignation. The people want the president and the prime minister to leave. That's their demand. They want a system change. So whoever comes as an interim president and forms an interim government will have a mammoth task in terms of ensuring they have the confidence of the people. Turkey says there's been progress in direct talks in Istanbul by Russia and Ukraine on ways to relieve the global food crisis caused by blocked Black Sea grain exports. Turkey's defense minister said both sides agreed on ways to ensure the safety of shipping routes for grain ships. A coordination center will be set up in Istanbul. In his nightly address, the Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky welcomed the progress. We are putting a significant effort into resuming the supply of food to the world market. If the Russian threat to navigation in the Black Sea can be removed, it will alleviate the global food crisis. We will agree on details of the deal with the UN in the coming days. John Rich, the chairman of one of Ukraine's biggest grain producers, MHP, said that many obstacles still remained. It's going to take time. The whole area has to be demined. There's got to be security protocols put in place to be able to get grain out of the ports. Now, there's around about 20 million tonnes in those ports. However, you've got to get the grain into the ports if things start to move out of the port. And that is very problematic. Pope Francis has named three women, two nuns and a layperson, to a previously all-male committee that advises him in selecting bishops. Earlier this month, he said he wanted to give women more top-level positions in the Holy See. The three women will examine the records of would-be bishops and then advise the Pope on which should be selected. Tina Beattie is a leading Catholic theologian. She says it's an important decision. It's very significant to have women involved in the nomination of bishops. But I am someone who'd like to see more. I accept 
that the pace of change is slow. They say the Catholic Church thinks in centuries. And there are those who preferred the more absolutist authoritarian style of Popes John Paul II and Benedict XVI in the Catholic Church. After a warm welcome in Israel, the U.S. President Joe Biden has faced his first major criticism of his Middle East visit. It's come from the niece of the Palestinian-American journalist Shreen Abu Akleh, who was shot dead in the occupied West Bank in May. Lina Abu Akleh told the French news agency that her family remained outraged over Washington's inability to push Israel for accountability. She said their request to meet Mr. Biden in Jerusalem to discuss the killing which they believe was a deliberate attack by Israeli forces, has gone unanswered to date. We are hoping that we would be able to meet with him and to share our demands and concerns and to hear from him personally what the next steps are. Um, definitely we were, uh, we were hoping that would take place. However, until today we're not sure. The Hollywood actress Amber Heard has lost her bid for a retrial in a defamation case brought by her ex-husband, the actor Johnny Depp. The BBC's Rihanna Croxford has more. Amber Heard had asked the court to quash the verdict in which Johnny Depp was awarded $10 million and order a new trial. Her legal team had made a claim of improper juror service, saying that one of the seven jurors had not been properly vetted as he had showed up in his father's place in an apparent case of mistaken identity. But the judge said due process had been followed and there was no evidence of fraud or wrongdoing, adding that the court is bound by the competent decision of the jury. And Mr Depp's legal team has called her claim pure speculation. Currencies. The US dollar is trading at 138.01 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar. The pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,858, 60 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. To sport and in golf, the 150th Open Golf Championship is about to get underway at St. Andrews and the American Colin Morikawa is there to defend his title. Morikawa took home the Claret Jug after winning at Royal St. George last year and he's been speaking about his first impressions of St. Andrews. It's sneaky because it, it looks very playable, but when you get some wind, you get some weather, and you get firm and fast fairways, um, you have to think. And those bunkers are as penalizing as ever. You know, you can't be in them, so you got to play smart out here and, and make sure you know what you're doing. But overall, this place is very, very special. World number one Scotty Scheffler is hoping to win both the Masters and the Open in the same year. No player has done that since Tiger Woods in 2005. Scheffler says he's up for the challenge. I noticed about this golf course is it's going to reward you for playing really good, smart golf. And when you hit good shots, you're going to get rewarded. And when you play poor one, you're going to get severely punished. And so that's why I think you see great, great players winning at both these tournaments. You know, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to this week. Now to football at the Women's Euro. Defending champions, the Netherlands have gone top of their group after a 3-2 win over Portugal. Sweden are right behind the Netherlands on goal difference after they defeated Switzerland 2-1. The BBC's Maz Faruqi has more on Sweden's win. 
Sweden say they have embraced the tag of tournament favourites for many, but they will need to find an extra gear if they're going to challenge the likes of Germany or England at this European Championship. PSG's Ramona Backman equalised in a matter of seconds after Fridolina Roffa had put Sweden ahead in the second half. 19-year-old Hannah Benison then put Sweden ahead again, and they also had two efforts ruled out for offside late on. They eventually won 2-1, but even with that win, no team is yet to qualify from this group. It'll all come down to the final round of group games on Sunday. Chelsea have confirmed the signing of Raheem Sterling from Manchester City in a five-year deal worth just under 60 million US dollars. The England star is Thomas Tuchel's first major signing since the club's takeover by American businessman Todd. Todd Burley, the former Manchester City defender Nedim Onuoha says Sterling will make a great impact on Chelsea. I think he's a very, very good player. I think Chelsea are really getting onto something special here because here is a player who is in his 20s that scored over 100 goals in the Premier League and arrives with what feels like almost a point to prove as well. Having new ownership and to be trying to build, to be extra competitive again. The signing that he is, he's one of the first names on that team sheet. The richest sports league in the world, the NFL, wants to be part of the Olympics. It's supporting a non-contract form of the game, non-contact form of the game known as flag football. The BBC's Alex Capstick has more details. American football was last seen at the Olympics in 1932 as a demonstration sport. Now, a shorter version of the game with no tackling is vying for inclusion. Teams are made up of five players, including quarterbacks and receivers, but there's no contact. Participants are stopped when opponents remove a flag from a belt which is attached to the ball carrier. Those running what they describe as one of the fastest-growing sports on the planet have made Olympic inclusion their ambition, with the 2028 Games in Los Angeles a target. NFL bosses keen to grow their international fan base have offered their full support. Finally, a previously unknown self-portrait of Vincent van Gogh has been discovered by the National Galleries of Scotland on the back of an earlier work called Head of a Peasant Woman. The Dutch post-impressionist painter was known for using both sides of canvas to save money. The portrait, which shows a bearded sitter in a brimmed hat with a loosely tied neckerchief, laid hidden from view for over a hundred years. Professor Francis Fowle is a senior curator of French art at the National Galleries of Scotland. This is really a major and very exciting find for the National Galleries of Scotland. It's so unusual to find a new painting on the back of a canvas like this. And um, it shows also, it's a, it's a good example of a period when Van Gogh was developing his mature, very radical style, the style that we really associate with him. And a look at the weather, mainly fine and very hot, light winds, moderate southerlies, a later outlook. High temperatures will persist into the middle and latter parts of next week. Uh, the temperature now is 32 degrees with humidity at 62%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Chinese university researchers say they've developed a system for predicting in real time how COVID vaccines will work against new variants. A patient's rights campaigner urges caution in cutting non-urgent hospital services and extremely hot weather in parts of the mainland puts lives at risk. The news from RTHK. <laughs>
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 14th of July is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan.